You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Akome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. And today we have an update episode with Chantel Powell, the CEO of Playpits. Now you may remember Chantel from episode 188, where she shared that she found herself shuttling her son Cameron between summer baseball camp and football practice. And he came into her car smelling like a grown man. So she knew that she needed to create a solution. Now that solution that she came up with in her kitchen and tested on family members is now a certified brand that is on Target shelves. In today's episode, she shares with us the journey that has happened since she was last in our guest chair. Oh, and she also has a special offer code for you guys to shop Playpits over on playpits.com and get 15% off. So listen out for that. All right, now let's get into it. So Chantel, welcome, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes, I'm excited for this update episode because as we speak, just yesterday, you were on CBS talking about play pits. Like, uh, you and I both, I can't remember the episode number. I will link to it, you guys, but I can't, like, it's been so long. <laughs> it was so long. So much has changed. We don't even know what we said. So first things first, you know, we got to go backwards, right? So okay, why did back. you want to even create a deodorant? Like, what was the reason for it? All right. So I'm going to do the quick version. Yes. Listen, my son smelled like a man and got in my car and I wasn't having it. That's the short. <laughs> that is the short. A stinky it. boy is the reason behind this, right? Okay. Yeah. So you're like, I got to do something. So had you made deodorant before? How did you even know what to put together to put on the yeah, So Okay. So this story, I don't, I, I'll go into this. Yeah. I have hand eczema. Okay. Oh, okay. So six months after having my child, hmm. my body said, oh girl, we about to change on you. So I've always had eczema um, mm-hmm. all over my body. And, but as a kid, it was more prominent, but as a young adult, it kind of like teetered off. So I thought I had mm-hmm. stayed clear of the eczema issue um, until I had Cameron. And so it started flaring up to the point where when I got engaged, this is a funny story and I've never told this publicly. When I got engaged, my hands started breaking out and I was telling my husband, I'm like, I don't know what kind of ring you bought me, but <laughs> it's breaking me out. Um, and so basically I found out that my body just, you know, did something different and the eczema went to my hands. And so early on in motherhood, I found out that I could not touch I couldn't put anything on my child that I couldn't touch. And then I also found out that eczema, you know, is flared up by all types of things, whether it's food, whether it's preservatives, whether it's, you know, um, your diet, your stress, it contributes to the flare ups. And so I stayed away from products that I couldn't touch. And I'm allergic to a preservative that's in almost everything. So I started paying attention to ingredients. And so with that knowledge of for years now at this point, six years of knowledge of learning what things I can use and how to concoct my own concoctions of products. I, you know, 
kind of leaned on my history with my grandmother, Gladys Brown. She used to put baking soda under my arms before I would play. <laughs> so I remembered that. And then I knew that, you know, coconut oil has amazing benefits and cornstarch. And then I had essential oils in my home. So I basically mixed up this concoction and um, gave it to Cameron. And that's really how it started. I remember. So he he wore it and it was just going to be for him at first, right? Yeah, yeah. So he wore it. So at the time I worked at BET, um, I was an executive assistant. And so there I was someone who kind of worked back and forth. And that's what made what happened yesterday so amazing because I worked in the same building. But we'll go back to that. Um, But he came home. And it was just, when I made it originally, it was just for him. And so after camp, the first day, because I had the talk with him, right? Like I say, all right, Cam, so listen, you're going to have to wear this every day because (laughs) the way you smelled yesterday, that ain't it, baby. You too cute for this, right? And so, you know, I pumped him up. He put it on and he came home and he was like, so mommy, I told all the kids at camp about it. And you got to make it for everyone. And I was like, wow. nah, Kim, that's not happening. Mommy's working. <laughs> like, I'm going back and forth from, you know, New York to D.C. Like, I, my life was crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I love that. the fact that he was hyping you up at camp, though. Like, he, he was like, yeah, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> that's why Cameron is the chief inspiration officer, because Cameron literally had the vision, you know, when I was so busy being an adult. He had this genius business idea that in reality, when you really think of it, we solved the problem because it was nothing on the market like this. Right. And so, you know, Cameron being a kid just was speaking out the mouths of babes. And so when I tell my story, I always make sure I emphasize that this child gave me this vision and all we did was put the work behind it. Um, And so, yeah, initially it was supposed to be for Cameron and he just pumped me up and was like, but mom, (laughs) you can make it for everybody. And it was that second time he said it. And I thought about other parents, other kids that deserve to be able to play unapologetically and not have to worry about, you know, kids are cruel. So I didn't want kids to worry about people teasing them for something like this. So yeah, we, um, how they he smell. pushed me and I did that research and that's how Play Pits was created. So you were working full time and you mentioned BET. So were you working in entertainment at this time, like entertainment television? Yeah. So my background, um, I come from the entertainment industry. So I went to college for fashion merchandising and while in school, I worked Uh, I got an internship for a costume department at Tyler Perry Studios and his very first studio. And so it was something that I was I had no clue that I wanted to do until I entered that world. And I fell in love with telling the story, watching stories be told through clothing, Um, being a fashion major. I always loved, you know, fashion. But this just took things to the next level as far as like creativity for me. And so I fell in love with that. Started working there, worked my way up. And so um, I then became a wardrobe shopper where I did that for several years, even after motherhood. I had Cam six months later. I called myself being a work from home mom or, you know, somebody (laughs) that was at home. And it was like so hard. And I didn't know how to, you know, manage being everything 
in the household. And so I was like, oh, this is hard. I want to go back to work. I need, a, <laughs> I need a vacation. Go back to what I love. And so I did that. And after that, Cameron told me he hated my job. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I stopped. I stopped doing wow. that. Wow! So Cameron yeah. has a lot of influence in the family now. Listen, <laughs> so let's go back to play pits now, though. So now that you knew you wanted to manufacture play pits for more people, how did you go about finding out how to manufacture it? Like how to put the products into bottles that would be preserved with natural ingredients for others? Research. Um, I'm someone that I, that I believe that there's an answer for everything. You just got to find it, whether it's on Google, YouTube, um, you got to go get a book, you got to talk to a friend, you know? So I did a lot of research and the majority of my research was me just kind of absorbing all this information on how to create this thing. Um, not only create this product, but also create this brand, create this business, you know? And so how to get people to buy your product, um, and how to do it and you don't have no money. And so that was... Who was your investor? You know, it was you. It was your day job, right? Yeah, it was my day job. I would pinch off $100 here, $50 here for my day job to buy ingredients and test out what I was researching. Um, And it took me nine months to get the formula right. And it's so funny because I literally, all of my family and friends tried play pits in the beginning. And so if you're really close to me, you have that story where it's like, girl, yeah, I tried that. I remember play pits when it wasn't a thing and she sent me to work funky. Like my my family got that story to I tell, did you that know. For you. Yeah, like, like this Bobby, Bobby out here. <laughs> Shout out to your family. Shout out to my family and friends because you know they they were super instrumental in testing that product. And so to this day we keep that testing um you know process yeah. when I'm testing new things. But yeah it 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 oh, wasn't you were- something that I had a background in. Yeah. And you were sticking your nose in a lot of people's armpits. Oh, girl, it's so normal to me. Let me tell you, I would walk up to people, let a customer like pre-COVID. I was this girl. Now with COVID, I'm a little like, all right, let me not invade people's face. But it would be nothing for me to be somewhere at a pop up and people like, oh, my, I was at a wedding. No lie. I was at a wedding. We were in formal clothing. This guy who was a construction worker, he came up to me. He was like, oh, my God. He was my friend's husband. And he said, I love your product. I'm a construction worker and I wear it. And I said, do you? And he said, yep, I do. I said, he said, he said, I got it on right now. I said, let me smell you. I'm going to see which one you got on. I literally smoked this man. He was in the tux. My husband was so embarrassed. That is dedication. I love it. All right. So since this is an update episode, right, we're going to fast forward mm-hmm. a little bit. Y'all can go go a little backwards to, to get more of the go startup back. steps. But yeah. all right. So now you're in Target. Now, what was the timeline for that? Like, how did you get on Target shows? So I don't know what the steps were, but I will <laughs> tell you what I did. Right. Okay. okay. Um, so I started this business in 2018. In 2019, Essence had a holiday market with um, Target. And so we went to this market 
And we really went to the market because it was a holiday market and we wanted to be able to reach our customers because we did a lot of that early on pop-ups, trade shows right. and stuff, because I I know I am my customer. And so because I can relate to my customers and I didn't really have that much money for digital marketing to blast out to a lot of people. So I had to rely on local events. And so we mm-hmm. did this market and Target's like corporate team happened to be there. So they were walking around. Um, but we were focused on selling the product to to customers coming up. And so they happened to stop there. We kind of just engaged like we normally do. And they gave us their information. They were like, oh, this is great. Like, here's information for Target if you ever, you know, think about it. And I mm-hmm. always wanted play fits in Target because Target is like the place that all the cool moms go, right? And it's Target if you fancy yes. and it's Target yes. if you just love it, right? And so... Um, I wanted play pits there. So of course I got excited. And so we went to later months later, they ended up inviting us to their black history, um, execution in Minneapolis. And we went to that and it was great. We were supposed to be able to meet a buyer and we didn't meet anybody. We, we were able to engage with all types of other people from different departments, but our buyer didn't come. And so originally like, I was like super bummed out. Right. Um, in addition to, you know, we, I felt like, I always felt like Play Pits is a brand that is doing something that's so different. A lot of times I don't feel like we get certain level of exposure. And so, you know, I was kind of like bummed out. And then I had this like exposure issue that was kind of like bumming me out. And I said, you know what? This was February, 2020. This is when I had this thought. So it was like early um, March. I had the thought and I said, you know what? I'm tired of begging people to work with me or to pay us some attention. I'm going to focus on doing excellent work and I'm just going to do what we do and they'll, they'll eventually come. And I literally said that, but I said that a little like pissed off, like, yeah, I'm sick of this. You know, like I, (laughs) I know that I'm working so hard and I know that I have this dope product, but like, nobody's paying attention and it was frustrating. And so, you know, we basically did the work and then the pandemic hit. And that was something that, you know, it was definitely difficult to deal with all the challenges, but now people started to be home and now people are paying attention to their health. And now, you know, people are now supporting black businesses, giving us a shot, like, because before it was, you know, a little taboo, like people, oh, black businesses, they, you know, have these problems like everybody else, but they judge us differently. And so now like people are more open and they were experiencing our brand. They were experiencing our product. They were falling in love. They were engaging with our customer service and having a good experience. And so we just did excellent work. 2020 got to 2021. And we received an email that basically was, it came through like our customer service form. Uh And so we originally, my assistant, I think she thought it was spam or something because (laughs) it was one day that she like came to the back. I was in the back making product and she was like, so I received an email um, and it says that it's from Target, but I'm not sure. And I'm like, what's the name? And she said the name and I'm like, that's, that's the buyer. That's the person I've been trying to, you know, connect with. And so Uh fast forward, we 
end up speaking to Target. So they end up coming to us, um, wanting our product in store. And so it, it truly was a testament to when you do good work and you continue to stay consistent and steady on the course, um, opportunities and doors will open. You just got to make sure you're ready. Um, mm -hmm. And even when you're not ready, like figure it out. Because, you know, if you allow your fear of not being ready to hold you back, then you don't get to experience the greatness that's ahead of you. Ooh, that's a word. That's a word. I mean, do you feel like you were ready or you had to kind of scramble to be able to meet the demand and the criteria that Target asks for? Yeah, no, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, no, like when you do what we're doing and you don't have but so many people to call and ask advice and questions and yeah. when you don't have this, the knowledge base, like you don't even know what to ask a question for because you don't know what's coming. Right. Yeah. And so, no. Mm -mm. But, you know, I, I, I became a true student and I've always been a student, like mm -hmm. somebody, you know, a researcher. I always love to gather information. If you ever talk to me and tell me something, I'm gonna ask you 21 questions until I figure out like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? And so I became a true student and I like just kept my head down and asked the questions. And now I'm focused on surrounding myself with people who are mm -hmm. like way smarter than me, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's whatever this topic is, if you're here, I need you to know way more than me so I can ask you, what's that? What's this? Why? Why? You know, so I can right. pick your brain. So when you're not ready, but a brand like Target is interested, how do you work together to solve for that? You hire people that know a little more than you, you know, so, <laughs> so you know, it's really about you get the information or the requirements for the situation, for the task, uh -huh. and then you you start moving towards becoming ready. And so you you move forward and you make mistakes. So you have issues, but you learn as you go. Um, and so I was fortunate that I had good people around me to help advise me um, to do what we've been able to do. And even still, you know, I'm still learning and I'm having bumps and bruises along the way. But uh, I definitely, as we continue to grow, now I have that experience to be like, oh, we'll never do this again. Or, oh, we'll have to do this better. You know, so you just yeah. learn like, they said the greatest um, teacher is mistakes. And so we've we've made a lot of mistakes and we've yeah. um, been able to have a lot of success as we've still been students along the way. It can be so painful. Right. And, and you know, we are our harshest critics. So I can imagine oh. just just the pain of making an error publicly. You're just like, uh cringe yeah. but you literally have to do that there's no other way there's no manual that can teach you hey this is what's yeah. gonna happen <laughs> so no watch out it's for not this. It's, it's, it's it's not some things you really have to go trial by fire what i yeah. will say is even when you get to the point where you're making these you know you're having these errors yeah. you're also dealing with the fact of learning from the errors and being like, you know, just cautious of how big the risk is of the error. Um, and I think for us, you know, we, we learned a lot of expensive mistakes. Like we had an issue with our labels where mm -hmm. we ordered 80,000 labels and they were wrong. And so that was an expensive wow. mistake. 
Ooh, that yeah, that sounds expensive. But yeah, one thing yeah. you do have, and I know that you've had this incredible response from your customers always and this support. How did that impact your performance in Target? Oh, that that is listen. So if I don't know if I talked about it in the last interview, but you know, I call my customers the Under Army. So, you know, we, while that. Beyonce has the beehive and Rihanna has the Navy, Playboy yep, has yep. the Under Army. And I yes. truly cherish no, the No, I don't Under think Army. I heard that before. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they are, and I came up with that name because um, we, we started using this name because I wanted something to call my customers because it would not be a conversation mm-hmm. on social media about mm. deodorant or natural deodorant or somebody being smelly or some kid at the playground being smelly and play piss wasn't in the mix. Mm. They would just go and they would comment, oh, girl, well, you need to try play piss. Or I would be out and about and people would say, oh, my goodness, I found out about your brand in a group chat, you know, with my mom friends or with my line mm. sisters. And it just was a different level of word of mouth you know people ask me often like what do you think has been your greatest marketing um for play pits and it's definitely the word of mouth and we were Mm. very um intentional about that because i have a performance-based product and i wanted something that people really spoke to from experience i didn't want you to see an influencer with my product and be like are they paid for this? And so, <laughs> you know, I I made sure that my customers did the talking. And so, yeah, the Under Army is, they, they are forced to be reckoned with. And I'm so grateful for them. I love it. So you talk about the importance of community often, and I've seen you mention that. So what do you mean by that? Like, how has community helped in building your brand? So I think for me, my community, my, my true, like, core of community when I think of, you know, you have a core and you have an outer community um, is my tribe from a personal standpoint. Um, my, my community that is in my life, as far as my family, my friends, my, you know, my dad, my mom, they have always continued to lift me up and provide me with the things for me to get to the next level. Um, and so, like I said, my friends and family, they, they try my product and sacrifice being stinky at work for the sake of my company. <laughs> then I have, you know, my friends who in the beginning came and did pop-ups with me because I couldn't even pay people to do pop-ups with me. Um, you know, because we wasn't making a lot of money. I have a $11, $12 product. Like, you know, in the beginning, you're not making enough money to be able to afford employees. You're just making enough money to be in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my tribe has continued to uplift me. And so then that's also how the Under Army started because I think my family supported me and I showed that support and then people rallied behind the story because it's relatable. Like I'm I'm not, you know, this celebrity that started a brand and had all this money to go into this brand. I'm a mom that literally like took $20, $50, $100 and built this brand out of my kitchen to, you know, a 2,500 square foot facility in Atlanta. So it's just relatable. And so people have supported and rallied behind that. And I think Mm -hmm. that while community for me has been successful in creating the success of this brand, it's also about us going back to the community and 
pouring back into the community, right? And so I we're we're now doing some great things in the community where we're partnering with different organizations and I'm speaking to kids and, you know, I'm really getting in the community to just show the work that we're doing because this representation means something to kids. It means something to our community. So, you know, it's just one of those things that like my family has a heart for and we've figured out a way um, to work it into the threads of play pits. And you've actually exceeded expectations at Target, right? Like you are selling out the shelves. <laughs> um, what, so what happens next after that? Like, do, you, do, you, do they scale up the order? Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that has been a, <laughs> a trick. Um, you know, you talk about not being ready. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in, in what I'll say about that is you can have a plan mm-hmm. and you can be as ready as that plan allows you to be. And then something crazy happened, like you sell out and you can't they're, they're struggling to keep your product in stock. But they said, give us X amount and you mm-hmm. deliver X amount. Right. And so yeah. that has been one of our challenges. And it's been a good problem to have, but it's been something to work around. Um, And Target has been great with partnering with us and being understanding, but also like just providing opportunities to continue to accelerate the brand. And so I'm really excited to continue to, you know, grow and, and see what this partnership really can, you know, become. It's a family affair, right? Like, are you using the business as a teaching opportunity for your kids and having them be involved? Yeah. So, I mean, really, (laughs) that's really what it was about in the beginning. Like it was, okay, Cameron, you got this idea. All right. It's nothing on the market that addresses this. Okay. I think we could do it. Let's do it. And then we, we worked every day to, to make that possible. And so really it was Cameron, my daughter, Kiana and Caden, like, what does it look like when you have an idea and you every day work towards that? And how do you become the best? Or how do you just work towards, you know, making your vision become true? And Mm -hmm. so I think um, for my kids, I'm super proud to be able, when we walked in Target for the first time, it was like, yeah, it was the moment. Oh my God. Did you burst out in tears? I mean, I just picture myself. Like, I walking. can't even talk about it. Yeah. Like even walking getting into emotional. Target with your three kids and seeing your product on the shelves. Oh my gosh. I just have chills. Yeah. So guys, I know investing and trading can seem really intimidating and complicated, but it doesn't have to be that way. Episode 301 guest Terry Ajoma runs one of the top investing education programs out there. It's called Trade and Travel. It's an on-demand course with really thorough lessons that explain everything. And it also features weekly coaching with Terry herself and a very active private Facebook community. How do I know? Because I'm also a Trade and Travel student and Trade and Travel is helping me to break through the intimidation that I've always felt around stocks. So Terry teaches you the difference between long versus short selling. She teaches you everything you need to know about getting set up, where to invest, how to invest. Um, She teaches you how to trade stocks as a side hustle to earn extra income and how to set concrete goals, realistic goals, how to pace yourself. Trading is not something you need to do every day. Um, You know, Terry really shows you how to do it in a realistic side hustle way so that you're trading, but you're also, you know, 
know, having impact and making wise choices. So go ahead and learn more and sign up for the Trade and Travel program at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Through Trade and Travel, you can learn how to trade as a side hustle and supplement your income with trading. So sign up for Trade and Travel at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. One more time, that's sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. So, hey, guys, we are doing something fun. Um, Chantel of Playpits has a special offer for you guys. So go ahead and let them know what it is. Yeah, so I'm going to do 15% for um, Side Hustle Pro listeners. It will be available for 90 days after this goes up. I'm super excited to invite y'all to the Under Army. Share with your family and friends. Take advantage of this code. Um, and so that's for our .com. And then you're more than welcome to just run the Target or the Amazon or anywhere else. But definitely head to playpits.com if you want a brand and an amazing experience. Yes, so that's 15% off with code HUSTLEPRO, you guys. Thank you so much for that. That is so generous of you. No problem, no problem. I love that sound. Oh, that sound makes me smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving side hustlers and entrepreneurs like us the resources once reserved for big business. Customize for your needs with a great-looking online store that brings your idea to life and tools to manage your day-to-day and drive sales. You know, Making your e-commerce idea real opens endless possibilities, but it's a journey and that's the beauty of side hustling and entrepreneurship. Believe me, this podcast started with a mic and a dream and now it has grown to be so impactful and even has its own Shopify store over at sidehustleshop.co where I sell merch for this podcast. Shopify powers millions of entrepreneurs just like me from first sale to full scale. And every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you'll have access to powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day and gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go over to shopify.com slash hustle pro all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hustle pro right now. Again, that's shopify.com slash hustle pro. So now the world is seeing what we've always seen over here. So at Hustle Pro, you know, you're on um, morning shows, television, everything. Like what, how did some of those opportunities come about? Was that an organic thing where people started reaching out to you or did you start doing some proactive work with a publicist as well? Yes. So my village, um, I have a great, you know, I have a great people around me. And so my, one of my friends who, uh, basically started her own um, consultant company, helped kind of put everything together. And so she always has believed in the story, um, always has been a champion for the brand. And so, you know, we we technically never had a publicist. Um, and sh- she's really just helping us connect those dots. 
um, for some of the opportunities that like people are like, yeah, we need to see this more. We want to hear yeah. about this more. And so I'm super grateful to continue to have people in places where, you know, if the, the time or the opportunity allows, they're putting, they're making sure to put me in certain places. Whereas, you know, we haven't been able to take advantage of hiring like certain professionals to do these things full time. We've yeah. just had people that kind of, you know, know how to connect those dots for us. Speaking of that, now you started Play Pits and, you know, we're now in 2022. How does the team look these days? How big is Play Pits and how large of a team do you have? So I feel I feel like I have a um, I feel like we're a small but mighty team. Um, and so you have myself, you have my assistant. Um, I have customer service. Front, so I have a front office, two people in the front office. Then I have um, three people in the back. Um, and then I have a series, you know, multiple contractors. So I have, you know, someone that handles marketing. So I have Ivy Scott that handles my marketing. And then I have digital marketing. So, you know, I have I have several little like pockets, but yeah. full time, all the time team. It's a, it's a small team that's kind of continuing to pull everything together. And that's also what makes our story super incredible because it's 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 not a lot of us. <laughs> it's not at all. Before we get into lightning round, um, I also just want to touch on the actual side hustle piece. So. You know, you mentioned that you kind of were switching your job a bit after you became a mom, just so you weren't away from home as much. Yeah. At any point, did you go back to work or were you like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on play pits full time? Yeah, I definitely went back to work. So that's how I was at BET. So um, I moved home after Cameron told me he hated my job. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do here? Like I dress people for a living for TV and movies like that's yeah. not here in Maryland or DC. Like, what yeah. am I doing? And my husband got, he started drafting me a resume. And listen, I don't tell this story often. So listen, judge your mamas if you're listening. <laughs> but listen, do what you have to do to get your coin. So my husband drafted a resume and made it look like I was an executive assistant. Mm-hmm. I had never sent an Outlook email. I didn't even know what <laughs> Outlook was. I didn't know how to schedule a meeting. Yes. He used to have to take my typing test because your girl couldn't even type, right? Wow. So we basically like, but but I'm sharp. Like I'm somebody that like asked me a question. I might not know the answer, but I'm going to figure it out. I'll be back. Right. So yeah. I was that girl. So he was like, look. Let's see if we could get you somewhere, you know. And so it was like, okay, where could you go next when you worked for Tyler Perry Studios and you moved to D.C.? Hmm, BET. So I applied for a position, for a temp position at BET. And that's really how I started at BET. And I started at this job. And I love, and my supervisor, her name was Ava Hall. She was the VP of BET International. And we (laughs) joke about it. Like, literally, I joke (laughs) with my husband about it all the time. Because she's, I started the job and she was in another country. So mm-hmm. I was able to kind of like learn what to do because she wasn't in the office, right? So I was wow. like, she would be like, schedule a meeting with so-and-so. And I'm like, how do y'all do that? Okay, Google. Like how to schedule an outlook. I did that for months. 
became her like an amazing assistant. Like I would set up meetings and people would be like, oh my God, your assistant is amazing. And I'd be like, Char, I ain't never done this. So <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I did that for four years. I actually yeah. became pretty amazing. And I learned a lot of the things that I execute on now, like my mm-hmm. professionalism, my ability to, you know, hold conversations, negotiate, like yeah. all that I learned as an executive assistant. And I just basically did that in when BT sold in DC, they sold the building. They had to work. We moved to New York. I wasn't mm-hmm. moving to New York. So right. I transitioned out of the company. And so while transitioning or before that, that's when Play Pits was created. And so mm-hmm. I was side hustling for a year. I side hustled for a year while I was at BT. And then in 2018, my best friend received a job as a costume designer for a Will Packer show and invited me to be her assistant designer. And so we were able to do that position together. And so this was our dream. And so I did that for nine months. And after that, that's when I left my job. So I've had a crazy like career life and then play pits. But all of those positions and jobs and skills have created who I am today as a now CEO that's amazing and you know from the financial perspective like um, money was tight just starting the company so how have you been able to continue to grow the company and pay yourself you know and pay your bills <laughs> like at what point were you able to take take a salary for example so yeah I um I tell and I joke about this but I'm serious I uh, in the beginning it was all about flipping money right mm-hmm. so I put when before Play Pits launched, I put all my little extra money into Play Pits, right? Once Play Pits started making money, it was like, okay, if I make $100, I got to take that $100 and make $200, right? And so I would just focus on flipping money. I did mm-hmm. not pay myself for two, I didn't start paying myself a true salary until 2020. So from 2018 to 2020, two years, I did not have a salary. And it was one of those things that like, I would be like, we would be at pop-ups and we was making like the company could, I mean, we could have a $20,000 month. And I'd be like, I don't have no money. Like, can I have some money? (laughs) And so, you know, I didn't do that for a long time because I knew with that sacrifice in the beginning, how that could help the company. And I know Mm -hmm. people say, don't do it that way. Um, but that's, that's my story and that's what I chose to do. So you wanted to pour it back into the company and grow something Mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't, my product is so cheap that like for me to make a thousand dollars, that's a lot of damn deodorant. Right. Yeah. And so (laughs) when you hand pouring stuff and you like making product, it's like, no, I need to figure out how to keep flipping this money versus like paying myself. I was yeah. like, I need, if I make a thousand dollars, I got to make $2,000. Yeah. That and that's very responsible too, because yeah, you could think, you could think the opposite, right? You could think, Hey, you know, I could use some of this for myself because the product, yeah. all I need to, you know, make some more is this amount. The rest could go to me, but no, you're like, yeah. I want to keep on growing and growing and growing. And, yeah. and you're talking about like the cost of goods when you say it's cheap, right? Like the actual cost of making it. Well, no, I'm talking about like what it sells for. And I mean, what because our product is like premium ingredients, like, you know, as far as how, like how you can make money, you got to sell a lot of 
sticks of deodorant to make, you know, a substantial amount okay. of change. And so, got it, got you know, it, I am, um, and to this day, I'm very conservative with, mm-hmm. I'm very conservative with what I pay myself. So yes, someone yes. just asked and I told them, they was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> it's an end game. I gotta keep flipping this money. Yes. <laughs> we got goals. So what, what, what is the end game? If you don't mind sharing, like, you know, what are some things that you're thinking about this year in 2022 for play pits? So my goal is to continue to grow and expand the brand um, and the the footprint as far as, you know, when we think about other retailers, I would love to be in other retailers, but I also know that it's important that because we are learning, I want to do things in excellence. And so, you know, I'm I'm thinking about what's next as far as retail, Um, also additional product. I'm working on some additional product that I'm ex- that my customers have already expressed some interest in, um, and so now we're developing new product, and then um, you know really doubling doubling down on becoming um, the go-to kids deodorant on the market. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we have an amazing five SKUs, and we have the kids, and we have the adults. But Play Pits originally started out because it is for kids, and so you know working on fun things to establish and connect with the kids, right? You got to make things cool for the kids, for them to um, continue to be interested. And so we're working on some really fun things with that. And so, yeah, just, you know, continue to grow and continue to grow. Do you think you will ever expand across product categories? Absolutely. All right. All right. I can't wait. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait. I'm going to send you a list on the side. Like, my son needs some sunscreen, <laughs> some bug spray. <laughs> yeah, you know what What I tell people, and I'll just say this, like, um, when I see play piss, I, I want play piss to take over the bathroom. Mm. Um, I want it to address uh, hygiene needs. I want yes. it to be something that continues to be exciting and fun. I want kids to look forward to getting that next new dope product from Play Pits. Yes. Um, in addition to, you know, I had my parents too. And so we kind of worked the parents in there because they were buying our kids since and they were like, oh my God, this is the best. So we gave the parents something. But as we continue to grow the brand, we want it to be a family destination. And that's really what, you know, I see our true power in being. Like it's the one-stop shop for your kid, your husband, your your mother, you, you know, it's, it's the brand that you want to support because you remember where it came from, but it's also the brand that you want to buy because you know it's going to be amazing and effective. And so and quality. Um, I pay, yeah, yeah, and I pay a lot of attention to that. And so quite honestly, that has played a part in why we don't have new products as of yet, because I'm super critical um, because Playpiss is so um, effective and such a great product like that next product that's a full-time product it gotta hit it gotta be right and so you know i um i'm very cautious of that and so yeah new new you know we're gonna continue to grow yes and i know when it comes it's going to be quality so that's why i'm excited because yeah you do have you have a lot of customer trust and so we know that when you put something on the market it's going to be something we could trust so looking forward to it we'll be here So now we're going to transition into another lightning round. Are you ready? Okay, lightning round. (laughs) Just answer the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. 
Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience today? You know what? I'll say Facebook groups. Hmm. I learned a lot in business Facebook groups. Um, You know, if you have a question about a topic like inventory management or if you need a contractor, um, I've benefited from being a part of a few uh, Facebook groups such as um, TSP. Um, as well as Asha Jones brand. I think it's Brand Bill Launch or Brand Bill Sell. I'll yes. always get that confused, but I love yep. Asha's group. Um, that was one yep. of the first groups I was a part of. And then TSP, you guys, is Traffic Sales and Profit from Lamar yep. Tyler. Number two, who is a non-celebrity Black woman entrepreneur who you would trade places with for a day and why? You know what? I would say um, Pam Booker. And so Pam is the CEO, Pam J. Booker. She is the CEO and founder of Cools by Nature. And look, I'm five one. Pam is like a tall glass of water. And she got this <laughs> short, this short, fabulous cut. And Pam is so knowledgeable and she knows so many people. Um, mm-hmm. And she's just genuinely a good person. And so mm-hmm. if I was to trade places with Pam, it would be to like, be able to, you know, be tall for once because I'm a short girl. <laughs> and then have conversations with yeah. the amazing people that she surrounds herself with because she's super, super dope. She cool to hang out with. Yeah, like, Pam. Um, number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your day these days? Oh, non-negotiable. Yeah. So I don't know if I have a non-negotiable every day, but... Sundays are my non-negotiables. So mm-hmm. Sunday for me is for family. Um, mm-hmm. Sunday is when I like restore myself. I feel mm-hmm. like all week long, I'm always around people. I'm always giving. I'm always, you know, doing something. Sunday mm-hmm. is like my, I'm I'm home. I'm minding my business. I don't yes. want to really do a whole lot of nothing. So, um, and people know it's so funny. My friends joke about it because they like, oh, <laughs> child, she texting back on a Sunday. Like, and so, <laughs> You know, Sundays are the days that I cook with my best friend and um, we eat good food. So, yeah. Number four, what is a personal habit that you think has really helped you in growing your business? I think being friendly. Um, My mother is like a super like talkative, friendly person. And I think what has helped me is just me being genuinely like, you know, if somebody speak to me, I'm going to say, hey, how you doing? Um, yep. You can catch me every once in a while. Like, if you catch me off guard, like Trina from Supermom Culture, she'll tell you, like, if you catch me off guard and I'm not ready for a certain level of energy, I definitely can be, like, reserved. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would say me being friendly and just me being yes. me um, and being okay with that. I was yeah. the only child, so I was – I I – was used to being in my own space and I guess never really had too many people that was criticizing who I was. So I've just learned to be okay with me being me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that has benefited me in a way. All right. And then finally, number five is uh, what's your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, scale their business, but are really nervous about losing that steady paycheck? I think my final part of advice would be if you have an idea and God like put it on you, it's meant for you to execute, especially if it's something that like won't leave you alone. And I think Mm -hmm. about if I did not pursue this idea that this Mm -hmm. kid had, Mm 
And in those nine months, it definitely was a time where I was like, child, let me just go do what I'm already doing and not, you know, because you deal with a lot of ups and downs in business. Mm -hmm. But what if I would have not paid that itch any attention? Um, And so I would say if it's if it's something that you're pulled to go chase that possibility, go see um, what that may lead to, because that could truly be your calling. Because if you would have told me six years ago that I would be the CEO of a deodorant company, I would have been like, <laughs> nah, girl, I don't, <laughs> you got the wrong girl. And right. so, you know, but that's what I am now. And so mm-hmm. it's been kind of crazy to be able to get national attention on like a show like CBS morning news. Right. You know, it's like, I, that that just happened because it's part of my story and part of my journey. And so, you know, if I did not take that step and that leap, then these amazing things that has been able to happen for me and my family would not have been possible. And then for my customers, you all yeah. would still be out here struggling, looking for a deodorant at work. <laughs> just funky, funky kids. Y'all would be out there funky, you know? And so I'm just grateful that I can help all, you know, the thousands and thousands of families that yes. we have been able to touch and um, mm-hmm. provide a product they use every day. I don't take that lightly. Every yes. day you put my product on and, you know, it's something that people um, cherish and I'm grateful for that. So I'm happy I took that you know, I'm happy I said yes. Yes. I love that. Chase that possibility. You know, no one's saying that you can guarantee that an idea is a good one and it's going to work out, but that possibility is going to keep on coming to you unless you just finally chase it. Just chase the possibility. And you're going to chase some things that work out and you're going to chase some things that's not going to work out. So I had a business where I would organize closets and and dress people. And so I had a few clients, but it's crazy. One day I looked up, I was like, I did that for like maybe two years. Yeah. I make, I make more in a week than I did in the two years doing that. And it wasn't, you know, it never really picked up, but I learned Mm -hmm. things along the way. And then the next thing came and it was able to, you know, I was able to use those experiences to say yes to this opportunity and make it pop. And so exactly. Yeah. Every, every chase won't be a successful one. Right. And that's an important point too, because sometimes like your first one or two chases, you need to get those out the way because they're preparing you for something else. (laughs) They're not going to be the one, but you got to do them because you are getting those skills. So Chantel, it's been great chatting with you again. Tell people where can they connect with you and get their hands on some play pits after this episode. All right. So if you would like some play pits, you can head to playpits.com. You can go to one of the 365 targets we're in as well as target.com. All right. Um, you can go on Amazon to get our kids sent. Uh, and so if you want to, if you want to have a good time on social media, <laughs> follow us at playpits, um, yeah. follow us at playpits. And then if you want to connect with me, um, Mrs. Playpits on Instagram, and so we're also on Facebook as Playpits. So yeah, that's how you can that's how you can connect. All right, guys, there you have it, and I will talk to you next week. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six bullet Saturday newsletter at sidehustleproco newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon. Bye.